Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage is from Psalm 34, 35, and 36. 34 is probably one of my top. I want to say five, but maybe I should say ten, just to be just to be honest. I, I think Psalm 34 is one of my top ten favorite psalms. Um, it's just a beautiful psalm about David, uh, from David, where he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continuously be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt in his name together. And... He, you know, he says, here's some amazing promises. He goes on and he says, you know, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Listen to that. The angel of the Lord encamps, sets up shop around those who fear God and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Verse 10 says, The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You know, that is just an amazing promise that we just need to cling to. You know, a young lion represents there someone at the top of the food chain, someone that has everything that they would want and desire and has access to obtaining by force or strength or speed everything that they could ever desire. And there are people that would be representative of young lions in this present world, whether they have money or stature or power or fame, or they were born into a family of uh, great opportunity, you know, but the equalizer of all things is that those who become children of God and those who seek Him, that means to wholeheartedly pursue Him, they lack nothing. They lack nothing. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to, that they're, they're going to always, um, look the same as everything that the world has. That isn't, this, this isn't a shortcut that if I seek God, if I start going to church on Sunday, if I start reading my Bible, then, you know, Tesla's going to roll up in my driveway and, you know, I'm going to get a promotion at work. It's not a trick. It's not superstition. It, it's not karma. It's just the understanding that if I put my attention and my life and my trust on the Lord then He is going to ensure that I'm never lacking anything that I need. And I can personally testify to this. 
I am lacking nothing that I need. Now, I may lack some things that I want, but I am lacking nothing that I need. And I know that the things that I am wanting will either come to pass very soon at just the right moment when the Lord knows that I'm ready for it or I'm able to handle it or or my desire for these things will cease and I'll honestly be grateful that I never had them to begin with and I'll know that the Lord was protecting me from something that He knew I didn't really need because those who seek Him lack no good thing. It doesn't mean that you'll lack nothing of all sorts of you'll lack some bad things sure <laughs> there are there are lots of people that i think uh, blame god for their poverty well the promise is that you're going to lack no good thing and sometimes wealth is a very bad thing right because the thing about wealth is that the love of money is the root of all evil i've seen many of people come to ruin simply by the love of money i think some people uh, God would wish that he could open up the storehouses of heaven and pour out a financial blessing on you. But the reality of it is that it'd be a terrible thing for you. It'd be the last time we ever saw you at church. <laughs> it'd be the last time you ever did much of anything good. You'd get so lost in it. And so what we are to do is to never pursue after the things. To never strive to become young lions that can go after everything and find it for ourselves. Because there is no place of power or prominence in this world that, that never suffers want or hunger. Some of the wealthiest, most powerful people are still very miserable and lonely and lost because they can't find everything. But those who seek the Lord, they will lack nothing that they need. They'll lack no good thing. He'll supply for them the joy that they need, the peace that they need, the patience that they need, the wisdom that they need, the grace that they need for this person in this situation, right? The leadership skills that they need to lead their family or this team of people at their work. The empathy that they need to understand this person that's difficult, that they're working alongside. Uh, the faith that they need to believe for the salvation of this person that's lost in their family. The love that they need to nurture their children. The selflessness that they need to take care of their, their wife or their husband. The passion that they need to lead their ministry. The, the teaching ability that they need to raise up their Bible study class or edify them in the Lord. The natural skills that they need to go out and make a living. They will lack no good thing if they seek the Lord. I could go on and on and on and on and on. But it always boils down to that is that the greatest call of your life is to seek the Lord. With all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind. Right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The things are everything that's good. Everything that's good, you'll have. And then you have a peace that this world never has, which we talked about back at Psalm 23, because the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Because how could I want when I know that I lack no good thing? So if I don't have it, it must not be good enough for me. <laughs> Because if it was good enough for me, I'm seeking the Lord and He'd give it to me. And so the only reason I don't have it is because it's not good enough. I don't need it. It's not good for me. And so this just gives us a, a trust and a hope and a faith that the world can never have. So we need to rejoice in that. You know, and he goes on and he says, The eyes of the Lord 
are toward the righteous. And his, eye, his, his eyes are towards them and his ears are towards their cry. You know, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the questioned spirit. I love verse 19 because it's a little bit harder to handle, but I love it. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Right? So yes, of course, when you're set apart and you're living completely um, counter to the, to the current of the world, then you will have affliction. You will have opposition. You will face um, difficult situations. And the Lord will deliver you out of every single one of them. What a promise that is. And, that, and that's always the promise. Back to Psalm 23. You know, He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemy. Right? Well, I don't want to be in the presence of my enemy. Well, I'm sorry. You're going to have an enemy. Because you're on the right side. <laughs> and you're going to have opposition from the wrong side. Okay? And if you ever quit having opposition from the wrong side, it's because you've joined them. Okay, if you ever feel like your life isn't swimming upstream, I'm afraid that you've gotten lost in the current and you're just floating down it. Okay, so many people, so many people experience that. I see it all the time as a pastor. People get tired of fighting. They, they, they quit fighting and they feel as though now they're just, now life's easier. Why? Because you're floating down the lazy river to hell with a, with a cold drink in your hand. I mean, that's just, that's just the current of this world. Uh, Satan is the god of this world. And if we're going to serve the God of heaven, then we're going to face opposition. And, um, but the Lord is going to deliver us out of all of it. And then I love the little prophetic tag here in 34 verse 20. He keeps all of his bones. Not one of them is broken. See, these are the kind of verses that, that, you, that you just got to slow down for a second and go, wait a second. So is this a promise that those who seek the Lord... Not only will they lack no good thing, but they'll also have some sort of supernatural amount of calcium. They'll never break a bone. Of course not. <laughs> right? Just people break their bones all the time. What is this about? This is about Jesus. Because when Jesus died, it said that there was not a bone broken on his body. Right? So this is a promise about not only is there a promise for the righteous, but there's a promise through Jesus and all who will know Jesus and seek Jesus will be delivered in the way that Jesus was delivered. All right, now Psalm 35. This is a, this is a cry for, for the Lord to be um, David's defender. And uh, this is the lengthiest of the three Psalms that we've covered today. This is 28 verses. And he's going about talking about how wicked and how much opposition he's up against. Everyone is, everyone that he lamented for, everyone that he um, encouraged, everyone that he mourned for, everyone that he prayed for, all of these people have now turned their back on him in his time of need. But as he brings all this to the Lord, there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful theme in this. And I wrote it at the top of my Bible. And it says, let the Lord be your defender. This seems a little ruthless, I think, as he goes through and he talks about how miserable this situation is. And he continuously asks for the Lord to be the vindicator of this situation and that vengeance would come upon, uh, would come upon them. And, you know, I think that there's a part of that that's hard for us to understand. Number one, because we know we don't fight against flesh and blood. Now, David did fight against flesh and blood. He fought against flesh and blood often. But now, we are in a, in a deeper spiritual war. And so we know that flesh and blood is never the problem. There's always an enemy in the spirit realm that is beneath it. 
okay? But regardless, we still come against opposition. And a lot of times it is an opposing spirit that is uh, being manifest through something that we can touch and see and feel, if that makes sense. So uh, a person or uh, a situation, uh, financial trouble, uh, marital issue, we're facing a, a difficulty. What's What's beautiful about what David does here is he takes this present difficulty and this struggle and this opposition and he takes it to the Lord and he begs, God, do something about this. God, help. God, show up. God, show out. And that blesses me because I think about all of the the difficulties that we face and all the opposition that we face and how much that we strive in our own strength for resolve. Right? Because we kind of read this and we go, man, that's kind of harsh that David's like, man, Lord, just knock their blocks off. But man, you're going to live a lot better life if you quit fighting with everybody all the time and you take it to the Lord and say, Lord, if there's something wrong with this, would you make it right? Lord, if, if they're not supposed to be in power, would you knock them off? How about doing that instead of making a Facebook post? <laughs> you know, if, if there's somebody that's really wronged you or you feel like somebody was wrongfully promoted above you in your workplace and now your life's going to be miserable instead of talking trash about them, you know, in the break room, why don't you take it to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know how this person got this promotion. I, I'm kind of concerned about my work situation right now. But Lord, promotion comes from you and you rise kingdoms and then you make them fall. And if this person isn't supposed to be the person that's in in the place, would you just knock them down? It's not that you want to knock them down out of anger. You just want what's right, right? But a lot of times we work and we strive so hard in our own strength. Well, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find another job. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show them. I'm going to show upper management what happens when they pass me up for the promotion. I'm getting on Indeed. (laughs) And we work and we toil instead of going, God, I'm not pleased with this situation. I don't think this is right. Would you make this right? And if it's not going to be right, would you open up a door for me to exit? If you've got, maybe you've got a plan for this situation. We need to let the Lord be our defender. Now in chapter 36, um, David speaks here and he says, uh, transgression speaks to the wicked deep in his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes, for he flatters himself in his own eyes that his iniquity can be found out and hated. And he goes on, and then he, there's a change in verse 5 where he starts to talk about the steadfast love of God. And basically what he's, what he's up against here is there's a, there's a short song. It's 12 verses, but the first four are how miserable it is being surrounded by people that don't know and love God. And, and how much he can't stand that. And then the next seven verses are about how much greater um, the love of God is than anything that he's facing. And that just shows us perspective, okay? And so no matter what you're facing, if you'll take the time each day to deeply dwell upon how amazing the love of Jesus is, who when you were a sinner came to save you personally, though that you did not deserve it, though that you had never earned it, though that you never would, that his steadfast love was for you then, just as it's for you now. And every time that you slip and you stumble and you make a mistake and you start to fight a battle again in your own strength, that his love is still there. And though when you slump, you, you stumble and you slip, that he holds your hand and he grabs you. And this is the same God who is withholding no good thing from you. If we would deeply dwell upon that more than we dwell upon the problem, 
more than we dwell upon the wickedness of our land, of our workplaces, of our families, of our churches, if we would just simply dwell more upon the steadfast, never-changing love of God, then I believe we would experience peace and joy like never before.